Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hey, everybody. We're back with Teresa and America. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about Am I Broken? This question in particular was one that I asked myself a lot when I was younger. And it really was something I had to work through as part of my mental health journey. But I find that as like a kind of intrusive thought, I still I still struggle with this thought all the time, even as an adult. See, when I think about the Am I Broken piece, I focus on the tiny bits of my person that are like maybe abnormal. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. I would call them and be like, um, does that make me broken? Or the other side of that is like, have I experienced things so, I'm going to say damaging, okay? Because damage comes with broken, right? Yeah. That it makes me broken. Yeah. I can tell I'm going to start to cry. I'm also having a very stressful day. So when you're having a stressful day and then your intrusive thoughts come, it's very hard to take care of yourself. I don't know, like my first struggles with the thought was like, well, life and people and situations have literally broken me. I am broken goods. I am damaged. Those words are the ones that that hit differently, right? Like the, am I so screwed up that I'm just not a good person? Am I so damaged that I can't help but be who I am? Oh, I hate that one. Um, And I think that's, I think what resonates more around all of these issues because they come to really emphasize the internal thoughts that are so damaging to us, but they have, they grow out of something. They just didn't appear. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to restate what you said, though, because when you said it, I could tell that was an emotion that you have and wanted to avoid. You rushed through it. Am I so broken that this is just who I am? Yeah. I think that's why that st- this statement is tied to fear and like a loss of hope about your ability to change or like an inevitable about just accepting. My most recent thought was like I had a crushing headache last night, a migraine, which I've been having more and more migraines. And I'm just like, this is my future. My brain is broken. As I have migraines, like the migraine is a little biatch who doesn't like to just stick in my head. Like the pain radiates into my neck and it stiffens my neck and I have like this horrible shoulder pain and then I feel like I need to walk around like a robot. So one of the things that you said, Teresa, I have suffered from migraines since I was probably like 11 or 12. So the physical pain that I have felt, one, really wasn't acknowledged when I was a kid because I would be like, I have a headache, mom. And they'd be like, what do you mean you have a headache? And then slowly over time, they came to understand. I was like, I'm not making this up, yo. Like, I feel like throwing up. 
this isn't just, you know, me making things up. And I think it was in my 20s when I got diagnosed with like chronic migraines. And I was like, see, I told y'all. Y'all didn't believe me all this time. But um, the aspect of feeling everything so deeply because it could be related to stress. It could be related to all the stuff that's happening in your life. I think sometimes it connects to this piece that it's like, dude, why can't I just function and just be normal enough that nothing's happening that impacts my life so greatly that I can't do what I need to do? I like what you just said. It indicates worthiness to engage in life in a way that other people seem to be able to do. Yeah. (laughs) Have things or do things that other people can have or do. And so you kind of exist in this world where you look at your identity and you just are like, hmm, maybe I'm never going to have that. Yeah. You know, with some of the work that we've done, um, like with some of our partner organizations, like Caregiver Action Network, um, um, National Alliance on Caregiving and stuff, one of the key kind of pieces of information that comes out of relationships that exist when an individual is not only dealing with mental illness, but maybe dealing with other physical ailments, chronic disease, there is this aspect of normality and being able to be normal. But the question is even more hard hitting in that space where you're like, why can't my body do what I needed to do, what everybody else is able to do? So am I broken? Is it is it this place that I just have to navigate through to be able to then understand? Is this life? Yeah. Is this life for there's all of them happen at the same time. But you're right that like the particular framework on feeling broken happens after some kind of assault, an attack on your safety, on your emotions, on your body, you know, like because something had to break you. We do this sometimes like I put you on the spot where I'm like, if I had to just make you answer this question in a yes or no. Like, I'm your friend. And I said, am I broken? What would you say? Yes. Yeah, I know, right? It's so funny. I feel like people who don't experience this feeling really take a lot longer to pause. They're like, well, you're not broken. You're something. (laughs) You're just like. I'm playing devil's advocate because my response would be like, I don't think so. I think you just experience things differently. But that's not what you said. Your gut reaction was just to be like, yes. And I found comfort in that. Because I know that that's what you needed to hear. That's one. The other part is is that. I asked myself the same question, am I broken? And I would say, mm, yeah, probably. But all these years of freaking therapy or whatever, <laughs> it's like, actually, it's not necessarily that you're broken. And that's where my mind is like, oh, so it's a struggle. Yeah. We've been trained up. We've been trained to understand that we have to validate the experience but not sit in it because you can't sit in that suffering. (laughs) You don't want to. I don't want to either. So in this moment, I yes, thank you. I needed the validation. I needed you to say, yes, you are. This is what you're experiencing. You're experiencing the brokenness. But am I broken forever? Like, are you just broken and thus not deserving of livelihood? No. Of course, that's not the right answer. <laughs> but you gave me time. You gave me time to say yes. Okay. And just be like, okay, 
before you started to lecture me about how I need to stop yes. feeling so broken, which thank you. Because this is, <laughs> you know how in the, in the Japanese tradition, there is that thing of, of things that are broken and then they're, be, they're put back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. So please do not admonish me for this, but it's like kintsugi. But the idea is, the idea behind it is something so fundamental to what you just said. Like a vase, boom, you break it. You're like, eh, it's trash. I'm going to toss it. You know, it's not worth anything anymore. Even it's not, it, it was, even if it was on like this amazing vase. But if you put it back together, it still is able to function with its original purpose. It can still hold liquid. You know what I mean? Is this a common metaphor for this particular emotional experience? Because when I was young, yeah. I definitely healed through the metaphor of I am a vase. Did you know <laughs> okay. that? Or is this just a weird, no. creepy coincidence? It's just a coincidence. Is this the universe? Yeah. What? I can't. Yeah, dude. But it's such a good thing. It's such a good way to think about this. Because one, there's some capitalistic kind of thoughts that go into it that we're just like trained to, you use something, it breaks, you throw it away because it doesn't have any purpose anymore, right? And then this other side of me is like, hello, you could actually fix it and it's still usable. But when you break that down to our emotions and who we are as people, like oftentimes that's where the natural kind of reaction is like, you messed up, you did this thing, forget it, you're cut out. You're not worth anything. Yeah, like this thing happened to you, so people will never see you the same way. Yep. Like you can't share about your experiences (laughs) because it will forever change the way you are and how people will see you. The vase metaphor, like there were days where I'm like, oh, I'm a vase broken up into X bits. And then there were days where I'm like, oh, no, today I'm like so broken up. It doesn't feel like I'll ever get put back together. Yeah. But then the positive side, the flip side is I would like when you talk about being put back together again, I'm like, but the glue that holds me together, like this comes up with the question of like, if you could change your past with a snap of a finger, would you opt to have a life where none of that stuff happened to you? And my my answer is no, because I'm like, that's the glue in the vase. You know, I'm like, oh, I got broken, but I was glued. And actually, even though this vase that I am is actually really horribly ugly, <laughs> like I'm really strong. I feel like I'm stronger now. I can look at the world and say, no matter what happens, I'm going to survive because I've already survived some of the worst things that happened. There's this feeling that I have in my gut when you say that, Teresa, around getting to a point where you accept your body as a receptacle that is able to function. It's funny because it's so funny, dude, that we're having this conversation. Because this morning, um, I was looking at myself, I was getting ready, you know, and I got like my clothes on or whatever. And I was like, this is your body. For whatever it is, this is your body. It may not be this ideal thing that you have in your mind, but think about it. It's getting up. It's making you move, you know, and like breaking it down to that kind of very easy 
like, look, I can move my arm, you know, yeah. help helps me reframe like negative thoughts and like the emotional aspect of being broken. Yeah. It, I don't know that it, it ever will go away. I think that's just like a chip that exists right in that base. Yeah. But you know that it's there and the times when it's most evident is when you're overloading that base. It's like, look, I can only take so much water, yo. Like, don't pour all of it in. Yeah. Because it's going to slowly seep out. And that's where our body is then telling us, hey, uh, you got to empty something here because I'm about to explode. Yeah. And and you don't want to be more broken. You know, you don't want to shatter. That's the That's the better way of saying that. That's right. Because I think when I was young, the thoughts, am I broken, became a burden because I would ruminate in them and, and wonder if I was broken. Whereas today, when I think those thoughts, it's a warning sign. Like, hey, you got to take care of yourself. You're having those kinds of intrusive thoughts that you know are unhealthy and they're a sign for you to reorient your life and figure out where your freaking priorities are. So you could take care of yourself and get back to, you know, a better place. Let me ask you a question because you said earlier that sometime in your in your early adulthood, you kind of started thinking about this or maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. What age were you when you started having these thoughts? Like, am I broken? So I had I had suicidal thoughts as early as 11. Okay. And basically from like 11 until 18. From 18 till 25 is when I struggled with, well, am I broken? Like, is this now forever? Like, mm. I'm trying to figure it out and it just seems like it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's it's tied to like, am I worthy? Am, like, who mm-hmm. am I? Because at 18, you're really starting to be like, well, who am I forever? Like, I'm an adult yeah. now. Like. Like, is life worth living? I feel like those questions happen a lot around 18. Some of the some of the work that I've done, like with young folks, you know, this idea of the struggle that exists when you're one, when you're like a teen and you're just like, I don't know where I fit in. I don't know who I am. Am I so weird that nothing's going to ever be like normal? And that kind of is kind of a growth into like a natural progression into early adulthood, like 18 to your 20s, where you're like really trying to figure out these existential questions. You would never say, I'm having an existential crisis, but that's what it is. Because you're trying to figure out who the hell am I in this world? Everything that I've learned, you know, from my parents or the experiences that I've had, they've made me who I am. And wow, I don't even realize that I was so messed up because of all this stuff that happened. Because then you start seeing the world for for itself, you know, like all the good and the bad that exists. And you're just like, I never I never experienced that or I did experience that. And that was totally different. I never had this and that. And you had that, you know. So there's these questions that you start really ruminating on that then push you to ask these kind of fundamental questions because you you're judging yourself against oh, the world, right? The world that you're experiencing. And I think that's why in many ways I come back to my my original response to your question was 
I don't necessarily think that you're broken, but you see things in a different way, mm -hmm. which is far more genuine than somebody that would come to me and be like, remember when we talked about last week is like, will I ever be happy? And it's like, yeah, you'll be happy eventually. Like you'll, you'll make it work. But I want that honesty. I don't want someone to be like sugarcoating stuff and be like, no, you're not broken. Not at all. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I feel broken. That's not making me feel better. Yeah. It's important to validate the experience. Like if somebody asks you, am I broken? They feel broken. It's okay to say, yeah, because you know that the, you said you knew that that's what I needed to hear. And and I do think I'm broken. Like I I have come to accept that I'm a broken vase. Like that's not that doesn't bother me anymore because I've said because I've also come to the conclusion that being a broken vase isn't the end of the world, right? Like I've been able to put the glue back and pick fix my fix my vase, you know. Can I go back for one second cuz you asked me about my timeline. And when you did, I honestly like I had a bunch of thoughts happen in my brain all at one time, right? And I was like I realized that the reason why I didn't have that thought from 11 to 18 was because at that moment I was still sort of in survival mode. So having the opportunity to ask, am I broken? Was in some way, like now that I'm an adult, I can look back was like a, it's like a gift. Like it's a, it's a, it's a sign that I was away enough from the experiences that I could start asking that kind of question instead of asking like am i safe no I, that's a very important distinction i'm thinking back to uh some of the work that i did when when i was um a counselor you know and i worked with kids that were oftentimes pulled from their home because of some sort of abuse whether that was emotional abuse physical abuse and the families just weren't capable of actually giving them a safe space to be in and in working with them, um, one of the areas that, you know, we prioritized was making them feel like this was a place that they could really be themselves and not be punished for it. Right. And recognizing how important that is to be able to do that. And also this idea of just simply being able to share your experience so that it can be validated because that that feeling of loneliness that exists with, with any experience, I think, is the one that is most damaging when you think nobody's going to understand what's happening. You're going to start opening up other feelings because you're right. There was a lot of, am I broken with, does this mean that nobody will ever understand? I don't, I don't think it was like, um, is anybody going to understand me? It's like, can I function in society given who I am. Yeah. That's really hard. Woo! Why does this still feel so emotional? Like clearly a deep pain, right? Yeah, it's a deep pain. When you talk about the feeling that you have, like I can share that feeling. Like in my heart space, I can feel that, you know? And having this idea like, I, I've said it, you know, am I such a horrible human person? Like I can't be good. Yeah. And it's tied to all of the experiences that we have. But I think it, it really does make a difference when somebody's like, nah, man, you're all right. Yeah. Look at me. I made it. Yeah. 
when you're like, oh, am I a horrible human creature? There was a period of my life where I relished in self-harm because it could make me feel in control and feel good about the fact that I had accepted that I was broken. Yeah, you just So I just doubled down on that reality. Dude, but that's where a lot of people, you know, get to that space where you're just like, there's no point. Like, I'm going to I'm going to hurt myself so that nobody else. Yeah, I'll can beat do you any to harm. it. Oh, yeah. That's still where my sense of humor comes in. So these are the remnants of that. You know, it's like, well, I'll beat yeah. you to the punchline. Dude. Yeah, that's that's me. It'd be like, I mean, that's that's evident. You know, it's like, oh, I can walk away. I can walk away at any time. I don't need no baggage. All I need is my purse and my keys. And I, need, and I was like, no, <laughs> that's your survival mechanism is completely at work. Yeah. Self-deprecation for sure. But now yeah. don't take that away from me. That's all I have left. <laughs> no, but I think what we said is is really important. You know, this idea of feeling broken is so common, but we don't ever really talk about it at all. Not in a good way. Like all the stuff I look at is so makes me irritated. I'm not going to say what I I mean, just like just things that feel trite, like feel so I hate that part of psychology that feels so hug your inner child. <laughs> I never did well with my therapist who did that. Remember, I told you that when she was like, well, do you need to talk to your inner child and like go to the park? And I'd be like, I'm going to be a creeper who's sitting at a park staring at children. What the hell is this advice? <laughs> It's the right message. It just wasn't given yes. to me in the right way. Like, yes, I obviously I'm clearly that broken child in my brain sitting in there in the friggin' dark. All right, let's close out. Are you broken? Yes, because life breaks us down. But that doesn't mean you're broken forever. And whoever you rebuild yourself to be is a badass. <laughs> I would say, yes, you may be broken. But that doesn't mean that you should just give up and throw it all away. Yeah. You can rebuild. Use some hot glue. Lots of glue. Stick it together. Think about what glues you back together, you know? Mm -hmm. Think about who you become after you're glued back together. Are you just like, what is going to make you rooted, like grounded and strong? For all your thoughts on psychology and like the woo stuff <laughs> you're yeah go find something that grounds you dude totally go find the glue that helps you put yourself back together all right people we're gonna talk to you next week you have a good one keep on fighting in the open you got it bye bye